Welcome back to Just One Question. And occasionally I'm lucky enough to get uh, somebody who uh, really is, uh, takes us in a slightly different direction on the, on, the, on the show. And this is one of those moments. Uh, Juanito Pascual is a flamenco guitarist. He's a composer, he's a teacher, he's a speaker and an author. And he has a unique approach to the guitar. He began when he was 11 or some tender age like that. Um, and he's developed over the years a, a unique blend of rock and jazz uh, along with traditional flamenco. Um, and so a very interesting and creative approach to the guitar. Most recently, he's back from a tour of Cuba, studying the vibrant musical scene there. And he's currently developing a talk on applying the insights from his lifelong study of the guitar to the business world. And I'm hoping he's going to say a little bit about that. Um, Juanito, how are you doing? I am great, Nick. Thanks so much uh, for having me. It's great to be with you today. It's a pleasure. Okay, so let's get right to it because there's a lot we could talk about. But what are you excited about right now? Well, um, I would put put a, a few things uh, that I'm excited about under the umbrella of I'm turning 50 this year and kind of where I feel that that I'm at in that in this moment of my life, which is it feels like a new beginning. It's uh, I'm very excited about it, you know, and coming right out of out of COVID as we still kind of still are, I feel like um, I honestly feel like pieces that I've been working on my entire life, several of them are sort of ripening now. And this is really like a next step moment for me. It's uh, in my music as well as the speaking, as, as you mentioned, and the and another book that I have in mind. I have one book out right now, which is currently like an instructional method mm -hmm. for the guitar, but I'm also really excited about kind of um, a, a bit more esoteric book that sort of talks about the process I've gone through in my more subtle kind of uh, approach that I've developed uh, in my guitar playing that's led to me uh, coming from an injury at age 20 in my guitar playing to to build and sustain a career now over the last several decades. So so I feel like several different elements are kind of coming to fruition kind of all right around now. So I'm I'm very excited about all of that and and thankful that uh, things have started moving uh, enough. So I've been back touring a bit and kind, kind of resuming some of the uh, "Quote unquote normal activities from before, but um, but honestly, it feels like uh, I was one of those people who was very blessed to be able to sort of use COVID as a little bit of a um, yeah, like a, a, a gestational period for mm -hmm. for next next stuff. Well, let's get and into that next of... stuff because because uh, um, your story of um, being aimed at becoming a flamenco guitarist with 100% focus and, and uh, passion at age 20. And then working it too hard, apparently, because you developed a repetitive motion uh, injury. Is that correct? So tell us about that, yeah. because to me, that's, uh, that's such an interesting story, what you managed to do with that, which uh, could have been a career-threatening 
or was a career-threatening injury. Yeah, it was a definite showstopper. I At that moment, I had to stop playing completely for six months and spent the following six months literally one minute a day and then two minutes the next day, three minutes the next day, four minutes. So I spent another that second six months kind of building back up to to a normal, quote unquote, normal amount, which was only three hours a day. So let me give you a little context. Yes. Flamenco guitar, along with many other kind of, uh, you know, instrumental traditions like classical piano, or you probably know from your background, the um, classical guitar as well, where you'd a professional, you know, level of practice would be considered, you know, somewhere between five to eight hours a day. So, um, and just to back it up a hair. So when I was 18, I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and not exactly a hotbed of flamenco. However, <laughs> there is more there than you'd think. There is a scene in Minneapolis that dates back to the 60s, actually. And I actually got to meet a kid whose dad is a, to this day, is a flamenco guitarist, uh, Scott Matteo Davies. So he was my first informal, my first formal flamenco teacher. His son was my first informal flamenco teacher. And uh, we met in 10th grade. And long story short, I went to Spain at the urging of this man, Scott Mateo Davies. And uh, when I was 18, I spent a year in Spain. And like I said, I started Flamenco when I was 15. But by so 18, I was, you know, I was into it, but I'd been mostly in Minneapolis. And so 18, I was, said, I'm going to go to Spain and give myself a chance to see if I think I got what it takes or whatever, you know, and mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. And by that age, honest to God, I, I felt super behind because hmm. it's kind of like deciding you're going to join the NBA at 18, you know, um, or something like that, because it's a cultural thing. People grow up with this. Many people in the flamenco scene don't remember when they started playing because they've had a toy guitar since they were an infant. You know what I mean? Hmm. So it's that kind of cultural uh, milieu that that flamenco comes from. It's family to, you know, generational t- type of thing um, that now there are people who don't grow up in it and, and get to it later. And, and it's certainly in the last 40 years or so, it's it's worldwide. Like I'm an example of that. But there are many people all over the world. Flamenco is actually hugely popular in Japan, believe it or not, um, for example, as well as many, many other places. But um, so in any event, by 18, I felt I was trying to catch up with these I knew a ha- I actually personally knew a handful of kids they ha- they all three of these guys that I know and to this day are great guitarists were 15 and 16 and I was 18 and they were just burning players by 15 and 16 mm. these guys tore up the guitar and so I was like oh my gosh I got to catch up so I kind of had this what I would describe as a sort of an unwholesome <laughs> attitude in so far as like I thought if they practice eight hours I have to practice 10 hours and if I'm taking a break, I'm wasting time. And mm. I had this kind of very aggressive and kind of no pain, no gain. If, if I would play for three hours and straighten my arm, and if it really hurt, I said, yes, that's a good sign, you know. So I was really hammering it. And and my body sustained about two years of that before <laughs> this thing crapped out. And, and it was it was very specifically this knuckle and this joint in my thumb when I would mm-hmm. play a note because flamenco is is like a finger style. You know, we don't really use a pick. We use our fingers and a little bit of fingernail to do the picking. And so the thumb is a big part of that sound in flamenco. And I kind of blew out this joint. So anyway, 
you know, every time I plucked a note, which was like 200 times a minute, it felt like it was tearing inside. <laughs> so I was like, man. <laughs> so, but I was 20 and so I went to the doctor and they just said, you know, you've got, uh, you should probably knock off for a couple of weeks. But then they gave me some anti-inflammatories and that actually hurt my stomach. So I had to stop taking those. And then I started doing exercises they gave me and that made it worse. Mm-hmm. because I really was using the same tension. I was like, hurry up, heal, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that really was a dividing point in my life. So, you know, there's like everything that was up to age 20 and everything that happened after were very much two different chapters, in, certainly in my life as a musician, but definitely in my personal life too, because this quest for how to how to uh, solve this problem, really. You know, I, I at some point I was faced, because when the medical stuff wasn't working, it was like, well either I figure this out or I just have to quit. Yeah. Those seemed like my only two options. Yeah. And I really didn't want to quit, but I had no idea what figuring it out meant. Mm-hmm. But really the, the, then that was an unfolding, which honestly, this is almost 30 years later now. Um, it's continues to this day, the unfolding of that. But I would say it was very prime, you know, a prime time thing for maybe 50% of my time for the entire decade of my twenties mm. was focused on, on this notion of I'm going to figure this out. So that led me to a whole array of different things and ultimately to my own kind of practice uh, approach, which is, um, and uh, using a lot of different things, including a lot of learning tips and ideas that I gained from a number of different teachers and books and so forth. But um, but you focus on something called the 100% technique. Can you tell us in just... A minute or two, what that entails yeah. and why is that Trade, different? Trademark. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's my thing. 100% technique in certain ways is very simple, and yet I haven't exactly seen anybody do it. But the 100% technique is um, a, a almost like moving meditation with the guitar. It's starting from what I could uh, um, identify as the most basic type of movements with the guitar, where I'm not even trying to play, but rather just find something I can repeat mm-hmm. over and over without not only without stress, but actually in such a way where I actually get more relaxed through repetition. Mm-hmm. So the movements look something like petting the guitar. A lot of my students call it petting the guitar because <laughs> we're just seeking this, this kind of pleasurable thing that you can repeat. And what I discovered when I started doing this, which was just on a kind of a hunch or a whim almost one day when I had a, I was on a break visiting my parents and nobody was around. I was just playing with the guitar. I basically, uh, started doing that and then unintentionally and almost at first it bugged me it started to make sound i was like no 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 i'm just focusing on how i feel but it started to turn into sound making and then i and you know that was kind of when the light bulb went off and it was like oh my gosh i'm doing something that feels completely wonderful i'm actually getting more relaxed as i repeat it and i'm generating sound and not only that but it's happening every time and then as i did it more the sound increased without me having to like try to make it sound. So that wound up forming the foundation of this method. So it's, it's, it's so fascinating because it's so counterintuitive. The, the approach to um, musical training, and I had piano lessons as, as well, as you know, as the guitar, and, and it's always about more time, more practice, do it this way. It's not supposed to be fun. It, it, there's a mm-hmm. kind of implicit understanding that it's going to be boring or tormenting in some way. And, 
and the stories of kids who rebelled and, and didn't and afterwards were sorry that they never learned to play are, are manifold. So it, it, this is so uh, counterintuitive or, or so against that uh, rather dismal strain of, uh, of music uh, training. So uh, there's something in this, I think. Yeah, well, it's interesting, right? It certainly worked for me. And I mean, I'm I'm lucky nobody ever forced me. I mean, to this day, if you've asked my my dad, you know, he's like, he, you know, we never made him practice. So I was always a person who who was involved in music from a perspective of joy and pleasure, you know, mm -hmm. even when I was eleven. I mean, I you had to like put me in a straitjacket to keep me from grabbing a guitar if I saw one. I wanted to play so badly. Mm. I had wanted to play since I was three. So I've actually always approached this and maybe that's how I got my thumb burned out was like with so much zeal and, and, and enthusiasm. Um, and, um, but yes, this notion that, that the learning can take place at a high level while you're actually enjoying it. Like, yeah. wow. Yeah. That for some may, may be revolutionary, but in fact, I have come to believe from my own experience, at least that, that that state of pleasure and enjoyment completely uh, enhances the learning, you know, uh, for sure. I mean, there's no mm -hmm. doubt in my mind that mm -hmm. that your brain is in a much more positive state to form all of the neuro pathways and so forth. If you're flooded with pleasurable sensations in your body, as opposed to resistance and and, and painful uh, resentment yeah. and <laughs> yeah right and uh, wish you were somewhere else yeah so uh yeah. tell us the rest of the story so the your thumb did heal then as a result of this uh different approach and it has stayed healed is that correct you've been able to play now for 30 odd years uh without any uh, revisiting of that uh, that original inj injury is that correct Right. Well, in full disclosure, I have actually kind of re-injured my thumb, but not really from playing. And and interestingly, so I've had the opportunity to kind of multiple times use this technique. I would say because, you know, joints, especially this joint, hmm. you know, it's a pretty sensitive one and it gets just day to day to wear and tear, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. luggage in the airplane, you know, different things, hmm. you know, you don't doesn't take much. So I think if it it has been something I've had to watch, but I've but so like I was about to say, like, it's given me an opportunity to put these tools to the test multiple times now over the years where like there is a flare up and it's like, okay, let's, let's see if this stuff really works. And sure enough, uh, I would say two, two significant other times over the years where it's really brought me back to where I'm doing concerts and playing hours a day without any concerns or issues. Mm -hmm. So multiple times now I've used this to, to heal and reset often in conjunction with other things. Like I'm a person, I got very involved in different types of body work and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I watch my diet and, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not like kind of a health and fitness type person. So, but um, I, so I have to say without the other attention to the body and in, in isolation, in my case, I don't think this would work. Cause you know, the other thing when you're playing guitar, you know, you're, there's all sorts of, there's other physical considerations as well but the specifics of the the fingers where the rubber hits the road so to speak where the fingers hit the strings you know that's where you can really you know stay on track or get really off track so so this has facilitated and well let me just put it a different way every time i go back to it mm -hmm. 
it's not like, oh, I get back to a certain point. It's like, it goes deeper. I mean, I'm so thrilled because, you know, as a teacher, there's sort of the cliche that often the teacher learns more than the student. Yes. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm as the teacher sort of creator of this hundred percent technique I, uh, method and then teacher of it, I, I get to do it more often than most people. <laughs> and so every time I go and teach it to a new student, for example, and start from zero with the student explaining it, it's like, it's just the classic thing. Like it always goes somewhere new and deeper for me. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, this stuff. I mean, I, f- I find myself having the thought, this stuff is even better than I realized before. That's and excellent. so, yeah, so it's sort of like a kind of ideal. It's like an un- unending, you know, continual sort of deepening and unfolding of, of the possibilities. Because in terms of the guitar too, it leads to specific, and to give you some specific things, not only gives a lot of, specific control for things like speed but also like i just found my my ability to make the guitar sound so many different ways Mm. um you know sharp and warm and you know soft and loud you know and everything Mm. in between like the palette of colors like if you're not a player that might not sound totally like an interesting thing but as a player like the 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 opportunity to have a larger you know like the big box of crayola the 64 pack or whatever right. if, there, if there's 128 but like instead of having the six pack of choices like having incredible so in terms of what that means in the music is like the ability to create lots of subtlety and mm. and just shapes and nuances in the music which is one of the things that has always drawn me to players that i enjoy is like there's lots of texture and subtlety to it so this is something that just kind of happened unintentionally and uh it's like okay (laughs) i'll i'll follow this thread and so like as i have followed it over the years it just keeps leading to new things new levels of ease in terms of the more external or obvious things like speed and speed and power and things but on the other side too the more subtle dimensions kind of all benefit and flourish as i just kind of go back to these basics over and over again yeah it's a it's a strong sign that you're onto something important because uh if it keeps giving back and if it keeps getting richer then that's a clear signal that uh, you're into a into a a a rich load a, a mine of 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 good technique good information uh good thinking about how to learn something uh and that's uh that's going to apply uh, when you start uh, talking to uh, the business world and to uh, organizations about how they can learn. Um, then this this technique is going to have lots of applications for that. So, I for one am very yeah. excited uh, for the for the uh, for the new speech. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, what happens what happens immediately next? Do I, you told me before we started recording that you're uh, that you're working on a on a record right now. So. Uh, or what we used to call a yeah. record. Um, yes, in the old days. Yeah. Wow. Once again, we have vinyl records are back, so I probably will press this onto vinyl. Yeah, yeah I have an e- a couple tracks actually recorded before COVID that I that I've been waiting to release. They're ready to go, and um, uh, but <laughs> during COVID, we decided to remix them. So we're actually, or not even during COVID, but uh, we held it up during COVID, and then just kind of recently decided to remix them after they were sitting for a while. So we're remixing them, but I have videos ready. And so we're probably going to release that this summer. And, and I'm finishing music for a new complete record as well. Um, those will be like two singles that I put out on 
um, not to give away too much, but sort of featuring my reworking of some classic rock tunes <laughs> oh, um, in a sort of flamenco style. But then I have a new album, like I said, I'm I'm just using the spring and early summer to um, finish up the compositional part. I have more than half the music completely written and I have been actually playing some of those tunes of it. I have some uh, like uh, little bits of material to to complete, to have the whole album's worth of material completely ready to record. But mm -hmm. um, and so then we'll probably get into rehearsals in August. I don't live uh, locally where my bandmates do right now. So it's a little bit of a, a challenge to coordinate schedules, but we'll be mm -hmm. probably rehearsing the album in August and hopefully getting into the studio either September or October, um, as well as touring at that time. We have some some August dates, New England, and then October we're scheduled in California and, and we'll be on the East Coast as well, but we're still scheduling those dates, but we have some California dates already booked for October. 20, the weekend of the 21st in the Bay Area. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, and then for next year, I'm, there's three or four things I'm working on. A, I did part one this past fall but with a, of, a, of a commission where I'm doing a music for a complete flamenco dance work, like a, a theatrical work that's an mm -hmm. hour and a half long piece. It's with a company in Minneapolis, which is, as I mentioned, that's where I'm from originally. And uh, there's a wonderful flamenco dance company that's been here. They're now in their 40th year, actually. Fantastic. And uh, wow. this is the second production of theirs that I've gotten commissioned to write all the music for. So we did the first half of it in the fall as sort of a preview. And now we're going to, the dates have just been set for February of 24. So that's about 10 months from now and 11 months from now. Um, so we'll be working on that in the fall and and going back to Cuba in this coming January as well, mm. um, which is also super exciting. So, yeah, lots of different things. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations on on uh, achieving fifty and and uh, yeah, keeping keeping well, tuned and there. and July, uh, keeping July. the fingers. <laughs> yeah, okay, coming up and keeping <laughs> the uh, fingers in tune and, and strong. Uh, thanks to. Uh, uh, thanks to a unique method for uh, learning and, and approaching the guitar, uh, which we expect to uh, to apply in lots of other ways. So, um, Juanito Pascual, everybody, thank you so much for being on Just One Question, and uh, I really appreciate the chance to, to dive into your story a little bit. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. Have a wonderful day.